Okay, episode 7. I uh, already recorded this once and uh, wasn't happy with it. So I attempted to uh, edit it and it didn't work out so good. I ended up chopping it up into unusable pieces. I still have the original recordings, but I think I'm just going to try and redo it. Um, redo the, the episode. Um, I haven't done any editing up until now so when I did that it was when I started to edit the uh, the last the, the piece that I did that I wasn't happy with <clears throat> um, I, I like the idea of just being spontaneous and, and uh, just talking uh, when I do that though sometimes I end up using uh, perhaps not the right words or phrasing um, so it ends up a little bit vague maybe or not actually relaying the idea or concept that I'm trying to get across in the last episode I had said that uh, the universe was inanimate which isn't uh, incorrect by a definition of the word inanimate but it wasn't what I meant to say what I meant to say was that it's it's a created thing. The universe isn't of itself uh, self-supporting. It, 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 it had a beginning and it will have an end. Um, so in worshipping a created thing, I believe that you put yourself in a position of uh, uh, you put yourself in a position of Admiring or worshiping or honoring, uh, honoring's not right. Uh, uh, adoring something that's less than the Creator who, who made it, uh, and and there's a place for for that. I think recognizing the beauty of the universe or the world or anything else is is a valid, um, not only valid, it's important, and understanding that we are also created uh, in the image of God to be creators, which makes us unique among created things, um, created creatures on this planet. Those are, those are valid and important points uh, from my Christian worldview. Um, but the higher form of worship, and we all worship, you can say you don't, but I think if if you closely examine your life, you'll recognize that we all worship something. Uh, often it's ourselves. Um, and more often than not, it's ourselves. Um, so in recognizing that we too are created in in God's image to be creators, you have a, we have a higher, understanding or appreciation for the created things um, that's part of how we function uh, humanity functions um, anyway that's that and I mentioned the world word worldview too and I said that in my last I've said it a few times it's a word I use often and I've probably said that already um, worldview is basically it's it's the way that we view the world, we the way that we view reality, uh, the way that we view 
what is true. Um, so it's not often or it's not always true what we view as true, but it's it's how we view it. So I'm not trying to be complicated there, but there's a basic set of questions that we all ask. Uh, we may have asked them earlier in our lives and don't ask it anymore. We may continue to ask those questions, but the questions are are that of origin. So how did I get here? Um, reason, our purpose, why am I here? Um, um, uh, what happens when I die? Um, those kind of questions. They're, they're questions of... of uh, deeper understanding how how we we form the way that we look at the world and theoretically we should act out of those uh, out of the answers we should live our life in line with those answers but again more often than not in this this era probably in all eras <laughs> but it, we don't live cohesive lives we don't live according to what we say we believe we live um helter-skelter we live one day we'll live according to what we believe is why we're here and the next day we will live according to what we believe on where I go when I die or what happens when I die but to to, to have a coherent worldview to have a worldview that that sticks together um, and works together that's that's a that's a high calling that's a that's a good thing to be able to do that. So we need to be re-examining our lives and our worldviews on a regular basis. Um, so there, navel-gazing, right off the top, which is probably relevant because today the story I want to share is, um, it, it's kind of, it's about my dad. I haven't talked as much about my dad as of yet. Um, so when I, when I left Birmingham when I was 11 years old, I mentioned this in another episode and I flew to Los Angeles and I called my dad once I got into Los Angeles and told him that I was there and I wasn't coming home and uh, that that put my relationship with my father on a very dysfunctional level. Uh, that was the beginning of a having a, a difficult relationship with my dad. I was 11, so I mean it's it's hard to... Uh, comprehend maybe but that's where it was at so later in my life um like all of my life i had i had struggles with depression now there is a uh there is a a dearth not a dearth there is a glut of uh depression in our culture today uh, over half of our population is on antidepressant drugs um, of some kind or another, and then then there's also the self medication, the the use of drugs and alcohol to overcome depression and and um, you know pain and and you know inner suffering, inner turmoil. Um, so s starting when I was about ten, and there there was a bunch of things that happened in my life in my when I was 10 years old, that were not good things. Uh, and it has a lot to do with being exposed to, you know, the, the things I was exposed to as a, as a hippie kid. Um, and, you know, divorce, 
it affects everybody that goes through it. Every child that goes through it, it affects it affects you. Uh, I don't care what the experts say. I I know what I experienced, and I know what I've seen in other young people, children, and young adults that what they've experienced through going through their parents' divorces. Anyway, so why am I talking about depression? Well, it it carried on like when I was 11 and 12 I would say I was depressed at 30% of the time if not 50% maybe even more it became a sort of a uh, normal way of being for me Uh, I I began to uh, exist in that realm a lot Um, so and maybe that's part of the reason why I liked I'm sure it's part of the reason why I liked doing drugs as a as a kid is it it lifted me out of that now in that era in the 70s there was a book written that i i, I never finished reading it because i was a kid again it was but there was a book that was written called i've been down so long it looks like up to me um and i remember reading that when i was 12 I, i'm sure i didn't finish it but anyway that sort of just the title stuck with me i mean it's it's uh you know, 50 some odd years later, I'm still talking about it. So I I should look that book up and see what it says. <laughs> I'm remembering the title. Anyway, as I became an adult and uh, had kids of my own and um, got got married, um, you know, had had a family and, you know, um, the the depression came with me. And that was difficult for my wife. Um, it was a hard thing for her. I, you know, I don't want to go into what I think she felt or believes. But um, at one point after my two oldest kids were born, we were living back on the farm as a family. Uh, so we moved back there in 86. My wife and I moved back to uh, to the farm with our two well, with our young, our oldest, and then our our second child was born while we lived there. And I was experiencing some pretty uh, severe depression. Uh, she took the initiative and got me a um, a ticket to Alabama, a plane ticket, and I went to visit my dad down in Birmingham. Um, I spent I don't know my memories. I spent about two weeks down there. And in that time, uh, it was it was a pretty uh, healing um, part of my life to be able to communicate as an adult with my dad and uh, address some issues that I had with him and him issues he may have had with me. And during one of our discussions, he told me a story that I was unaware of until that time. Um, in the story was that uh, there was a newspaper reporter who had infiltrated. He had become friends with a with a uh, a man and his wife or his partner in in Birmingham, who were using. Uh, illicit drugs, marijuana and other drugs. And 
living or experimenting with the hippie lifestyle and had surrounded themselves with college age uh, people. These two people, the husband and his, or the man and his partner, were in their 30s and they had uh, children living with them. And uh, the names of the people involved weren't revealed um, because apparently the man was a professional musician and to reveal their names for one would have, uh, everybody would have known who he was because he he was a known uh, entity in the in the city my stepfather was a professional musician he was a principal the principal bass player for the birmingham symphony orchestra so he set up front whenever the symphony performed and uh, he was a recognizable character he, he was uh, he was a character i mean he he had uh, he had a look that was different for for the for the day uh, especially in Birmingham I mean he probably wouldn't have looked so out of place in San Francisco or somewhere else in California but Birmingham Alabama it was kind of you know, for 1968 <laughs> it was a little bit odd um so anyway uh the in the story the guy would weekly report on what was happening with uh with the the family um and that the children, it fit with us anyway, it fit with, with, you know, us. And my dad said that as he was following this, this report, this story, that he knew he had no doubt that the, the family or the reporter was talking about my mom and my stepfather and uh, his own kids and that the kids were using marijuana and being exposed to, you know, some pretty questionable sexual behaviors um and um he when he told me this story i thought you know man why didn't you why didn't you do something about it like did you you didn't do anything and i asked him about that and he said you know his philosophy was that uh it would work itself out in the end everything would work out fine in the end and um i said well it didn't work out it created a lot of issues for me and my uh my brother and my sister and my, even my older brother who wasn't living with us at, at that time and it, uh, through that there was there was a couple of things i understood about one myself you know uh, uh, we pick up things from our parents and my own parenting uh, methods or skills that's something i had to be aware of the the protection of my children the caring for them um and also the recognizing that he in not doing that and him not standing up and protecting us there was uh There was some uh, pretty intense pain came out of that. Now, I say it was healing because in the end we talked a lot about it and just having it brought into the light and both of us were teary-eyed and like we weren't sobbing, but we were both crying. We were both affected by the conversation. And it changed the way I related to my dad for the rest of his life and, and my, you know, my relationship with him uh, 
got deeper. When I had become a Christian um, at 13, the group I was with was aggressively evangelical. And we went on the streets and handed out tracts and, you know, told everybody Jesus loved them. And uh, it was an aggressive form of uh, proselytizing. And at that time, for a couple of years, I would write letters to my dad and, you know, he felt that I was pushy with him. And uh, he he had basically, I would say he was probably a deist, uh, not a theist. He believed that there was a God of some kind or, you know, a creator of some kind. And that creator was pretty much hands off, you know, put put everything in motion and then let it run its course and only intervene when when the creation was destroying itself, you know, or it was imperative that he, the deity, intervene. And um, so to to push my Christianity on him was, uh, even though I was only 13, 14, 15 years old, was, uh, it was another brick in a wall between us. So we talked about that as well. Anyway, it, to remove that, I don't know if it ever got completely removed. My dad had other family members that were evangelical in their in their belief system, their Christianity. And uh it always he loved them. It wasn't that he didn't love them or me, but it was always abrasive to him. And um I don't know if he ever expressed that sentiment to other family extended family members like a brother and his family or um cousins or whoever else um he did to me he let me know that he found it abrasive and i stopped i didn't i stopped doing it years ago you know i only did it for a couple of years and then my faith became deeper to me that there there was it wasn't just a surface it wasn't just an experience it was uh it was uh it became a real important part to my my way of thinking uh you know and that was over time you know it's kind of the same as growing as a child um you know you learn you you become part of you born again they call it and then the whole process of growing up into this new life uh Along the way, people get hurt. And, uh, and I mean, that was part of the depression that I had, was seeing how the church body, the, the people of the church, treated other members of the church. It was, uh, and the hypocrisy. I mean, and that's one of the things that people that kick against uh, Christianity, they hold up the hypocrisy in the church. There's hypocrisy everywhere. It's not just in the church. There's power struggles everywhere. That's humanity. That's a human trait that's a human it's part of humanity to you know greed um the 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 lust for power the control lust for control i mean we see it you don't you don't have to look very far in today's world to see that raising its ugly head in our political system in our corporate system in our you know big pharma big ag big all these you know, greed and power, power hungry, you know, 
struggles of of individuals and corporations and Anyway, I believe that there's a way to overcome that. That's part of my worldview. And that overcoming that is having peace, uh, inner peace. You know, we talk about, everybody's looking for that. Everybody's looking for that peace. And that has everything to do, like, I don't know, I'm not a huge Russell Brand fan necessarily, but that's one thing he talks about often is is uh, peace, that inner connection, relationship, uh, love. Like, we use these words and I, I don't think there's any better way to actually know what those things are than to uh, return to the Creator. Um, so to me, again, I'm, to be clear, the Creator, when I speak of God and a Creator, I'm talking about the triune God, the God of the Bible, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, that... You know, as you grow in understanding of what that is, and you can't grow in understanding of what that is or who that is, uh, that entity, the, that that God, if you're not seeking him. And um, in seeking him, uh, that's understanding, reading and understanding and delving into to scripture. And on as a whole, it's like there's 66 books in the Bible. It's not one book. But all of these books, which are written by 40, at least 40 different authors wrote those 66 books, letters, we call even the letters, short letters, part books. They all have the same thread running through them. Just as I talked about a thread running through my life, there's a thread running through through the scripture that, that gives you, provides understanding uh, to the universe to why we were created to what's what's what it is to be human and what it is to know god and so all of that all of that comes out of a life using drugs and being a hippie and having depression and overcoming it and having kids and blah, blah, blah. it's on and on it's everybody's life everybody's life is there for for a reason and for for purpose and uh Anyway, a lot of navel-gazing in this one, and I hope that's not too offensive to you. If you have any questions, get back to me. I'm going to record a... uh, I'm going to post a song that I recorded a few years back, a number of years back. I haven't had access to my... uh, my room that I do the music in because my daughter's been visiting from Port McNeil. And... uh, and my grandson was with her for the whole week. So I'm running a little behind on everything. So I'm going to post this song that I did. Uh, I think I recorded it in the 90s with a couple other guys. And um, it doesn't have a video with it. So I'll just post some something to for the YouTube part. Anyway, thanks for joining me. And I will do episode 8, hopefully by next Monday. Although I got a busy week and a busy weekend coming up too. So... We'll see how it goes. Anyway, next time.
lived in cities and you lived on farms. Still have found what you want the most. Don't you talk to the Lord. He'll hear you when you call his name. He'll never leave or forsake you. Inside of me. Has-